Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I want to welcome Anne Candido to the show today. She's a branding guru and the author of the newly released Brand Building Handbook for Startups and Small Businesses, The Super Highway of Relevancy, getting more people to choose your brand more often indefinitely. I love this. Hello, Anne. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on board. You know, this is something that's dear to my heart. I am a firm believer of branding and not only uh, for the companies, but also for ourselves. So I definitely very excited that you are on board. And uh, I've read the book and we'll talk about the book in a little bit. But, uh, you know, Back to Basics, an episode of Back to Basics cannot start without me asking about you and about, you know, what were you excited about being your child and really what your journey has been like for you to come to terms with becoming a branding guru. And it sounds like you you do have a, a very uh, exciting life. So I want to discover how did that come to pass? <laughs> well, sure. Um, I grew up in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Um, so very you know Midwestern city and had a very just normal kind of you know upper middle class childhood. So my dad was an engineer. My mom was a writer. I now have a younger brother who is a pilot. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and that very much uh, shaped my life, especially my dad being an engineer, which will be very exemplative as I, as I discuss my journey. But, um, you know, my childhood, I think it's just in, in critically important to, uh, to bring up one point about the fact that um, something that I was very, very interested in um, was athletics. But I was not by any stretch of the imagination look like an athlete. And I was, I always struggled with my weight and, um, that was always something that I felt like held me back. Mm -hmm. But I just remember having, um, be, having, listening to my mom, having a conversation with one of my gymnastics instructors. Cause I, of course, anybody who's a little, you know, a little girls are overweight is how to do gymnastics. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, she was having, <laughs> she was having this, this discussion. I remember her, um, the instructor saying, well, she's going to have a hard time being able to master the tricks because of her weight. And I just remember thinking, you know what, that's just not good enough. I, I can do this. I know I can do this. And I went out and I practiced, I practiced, and I was able to do a back walkover. And everybody wow. was just totally stunned. They couldn't believe that I could do this. And, you know, that was a really big pivotal point for me. And it, it totally shaped how um, my life progressed from there about really not letting society dictate or define what you're capable of. And that became a foundation for how I approached life going forward. 
I love it. it. Basically, what a lot of people say, take those comments as fuel rather than taking you down. And I can relate that. I, I was uh, I was a little overweight when I was uh, growing up, and I always struggled with that myself. And uh, I love ballet and uh, never got to be, you know, like the principal. I was always like the rabbit in the forest or something like that. <laughs> and my sister, who was skinny, and, you know, she was always like Hansel. If it's Hansel and Gretel, she was Hansel and I was the little rabbit of the four. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can relate that, but I love that, uh, how you took that and, and made it your fuel to what you, you know, did in life. And did you have any particular interests? Like, were you going, were you anything that you enjoy as a kid that maybe you still enjoy that you want to share? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, athletics or some sort of physical fitness is, is, always been part of my life. And I'm now extended to, you know, my body, spiritual fitness, because I think that's so critically important right now. But I also love, really enjoy needlework. I don't do as much of it as I used to knitting, crocheting, cross stitching, you know, any of that. But um, it's, it was something that um, my mom taught me when I was very little. And it was definitely one of those things that it actually started my entrepreneurial journey, because I, uh, my first thing that I actually sold, I was in uh, elementary school was Cabbage Patch Kid leg warmers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So when Cabbage Patch Kids were big and leg warmers were big, um, I made Cabbage Patch Kid leg warmers and made a little um, some money off of doing that. Wow, um, that's great. Yeah. So um, I also really like puzzles. I love jigsaw puzzles. I love like, you know, the like crosswords or any of those like other like brain type of puzzles. So I love to keep my, my brain active. I'm a avid reader, whether it's listening to podcasts like yours, or if it's um, actually, you know, reading, reading books. And I was always um, a really good student. So that was always something that also fueled me because it was something that I was more naturally good at. I mean, I worked extremely hard, but I was I excelled at it. So that was um, that achieving mentality was definitely something that I established very early on. And it was something that kept me really motivated throughout my journey through college and then into uh, the work life. Great. And so, and, and I mean, you have a book out, so obviously I'm going to fast forward a little bit of what I take normally a longer time getting into, you know, your true passions and all that. But I, I have the feeling we're going to get there quicker with you. When you did that, you know, coming into, you know, a young adulthood and, and having to choose your career and what you studied, were you kind of clear what you liked, what you were passionate about? What did, what did you go for in terms of uh, schooling? So this is where I go back to my dad being an engineer and why that was so significant. So my dad used to take me on his trips. So he was a project manager. He traveled around a lot. Um, he worked for a company called Ashland Chemical, which I think they've evolved now. But uh, he used to go on sites of these chemical plants. And he would take me with him and he'd show me what he was doing. And, and, and that really sparked a little bit of an interest in me because I could see it. It was physically tangible. And having him share that with me, I think, was so critically transformational. And it's really what helped me decide that I wanted to be an engineer. Now, I didn't know exactly what an engineer did. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with that. But I knew my dad was one. And I knew he had all these opportunities. Um, and prior to that, he actually worked for, for General Motors. So I knew he had, like, opportunities to do different things. And, you know, and it, was, it just felt so incredibly creative and, and mind-intensive. And that was really something that I wanted for myself. And so... Um, knowing that was a good career, especially for women, um, mm -hmm. and knowing that there's a lot of flexibility behind it, that's really what um, helped me define that. And I say that because because it's so transformational for me. But like for all your listeners as well, it's like 
I'm finding a lot of teenagers are having a lot of trouble trying to figure out what their passions are and what they want to do with their life or even just a place to start. Mm-hmm. And so I just highly encourage everybody to um, take that kind of interest and really show and, and share. And that's what I do with my daughters now. I have a I have a sophomore in high school and she actually summer interned for me last summer mm-hmm. um, and, and did work and did some design work that my client bought. You know, so what an you know, incredible experience to learn those sorts of things at that age and help you cultivate some interest and passion. I love that. It's funny you mentioned that tomorrow I'm actually speaking at a high school about the women of tomorrow and trying to help younger, you know, kids find that passion because it's such a big decision what you study. And that's, I guess, I've centered mm-hmm. this podcast about that and almost like making a point that people that knew it early on and that follow a career or a path that led them through their passion have had, let's say, a, a smoother transition into, you know, the different things that you do, because we evolve. It's obvious that you are not going to make a choice and live with it maybe your entire life. But there are some people that have had some, you know, drastic transformations just because they've said it. I I didn't know what I want to be. And I just went with the flow and I ended up, you know, starting something that definitely I didn't like. So I I think that's great that uh, what you share about what's a place to start and planting that seed with with the younger people. Yeah, because like you said, life is a journey, right? So it's really important to um, find a place, but then, you know, be open to what other opportunities uh, come your way and not be as scared to to take advantage of those. I I love it. So so you went for engineering. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I understand you're working in, in some big corporations. So if you want to share, and then you, of course, you got to branding, which when you say engineering branding, okay, I want to know that, that what the connection there was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting to the good part. Yeah. So I, I went to uh, University of Dayton studying mechanical engineering. I was one of four girls who uh, are women who graduated with a mechanical engineering degree from, from UD. So still at that point in time, um, engineering um, in, in the male-female ratio hadn't totally flipped. It has since, which is awesome to see more women and more girls in, in STEM. I took a job at Procter & Gamble in R&D. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I knew Procter & Gamble was going to be a great company and it was going to give me the opportunities to uh, explore and try new things um, and not have to move around a lot if I didn't want to. So that was really important to me was to kind of get grounded and, and be a bit settled. So I spent my first 10 years in R&D um, in product development, working upstream device and delivery system development. And then I worked in some of our, uh, our coffee business for a while and then in our deodorants business, but decided as I was kind of getting at the end of that first decade that I wanted uh, to be closer to the business. I, I felt a need to be part of the decision-making, not just the decision-makers telling me what to do. I thought I had a, some good input to provide, especially based on my technical understanding of how things work and how to understand how consumers uh, think about products and the insights that are needed in order to create um, these products for them. So I am um, moved into communications. And the interesting thing is, is and this is, I think, um, really important to understand, is if you're really intentional about your career, um, opportunities open up. So I always say, don't leave your career for something else. You're somebody else. Your career is for you to own. And the way that it actually happened was I happened to be working on male grooming uh, product development. 
And I had had my eye on going into communications. Normally for an engineer, that's a pretty big leap. Well, it just so happened that they had a role for male grooming communications. And there was a lot of people who wanted this role. And uh, when I went and I did my interview, um, my you know, soon-to-be boss asked me, well, why should I hire you? And I said, well, listen, I know male grooming. You'll have to teach me communications, but I know the business. And he's like, well, that's interesting because I know communications. I know nothing about male grooming. We seem to be a match made in heaven. And that's really how I got the role ahead of other communication practitioners who are much, much you know, smarter, more experienced than me is because I provided a need that he didn't have. And so that formed a connection, which ironically enough is a lot of what I talk about. You know, I know I'll get to my book, but about creating brand love. That was my personal brand that I offered up that created a connection that was of need and of use for my boss. And that's how I spent my last decade of P&G in communications, doing influencer marketing um, on such programs as um, our NFL program. So I brought our NFL program in. Um, I worked on our uh, it was a communications leader for a thank you mom program from the London 2012 Olympics. I saw, I established blogger programs when bloggers weren't even a thing yet and did um, outreach to dermatologists for our Gillette program. So just, you know, it, it's amazing how things open up when you're planning, but also open-minded to what the journey is versus just thinking always about the destination. That's the, the, the remarkable part. That's the, the, the part that's uh, the, the real magic for life, I think. I totally agree with you. This is something that I, and I mentioned this in the podcast before, that we, because I'm also doing all so many different things and people get frustrated with me where I cannot tell them what do I want to achieve with what I'm doing. <laughs> so they ask me, you know, well, why are you doing this? And they get frustrated because they say I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And uh and so uh, some people don't think like that. They think, no, but if you're doing it, it's because you want to achieve a particular thing, even with this podcast. And I think I've said this in my last episode, but I'll repeat it is people are already giving me ideas on how can I monetize this and how can I make it bigger and how, and I'm like, no, 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 you, you're not understanding why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for me. I just enjoy it. I'm learning from amazing people. I'm creating new friendships and I'm not thinking of that that way. Not to say that maybe one day I don't think like that, but it's not the destination that I've set for myself at this very moment with this podcast. But that sometimes frustrates people, <laughs> I found. So I'm very, very aligned with being open-minded about the journey. I love that. Well, your why is clear too, right? So, you know, you're, you're you're doing it because that makes you happy as a very clear and well-articulated why, you know, now your why might change, but you know, for right now, that's what it is. And that is the awesomeness about what you're creating. Thank you very much. And I'm glad you got to your why, because I know that's part of the book. So I somehow I want to make it build it into the story you're telling us. So you're in PG at PG, great job, great experience. Then I'm sure either something happened that prompted you to, in a way, go on your own and become an author and just really share your knowledge in the shape of, uh, you know, you do speaking engagements and all that. But what's the thought process that you went through or what life circumstances to say, you know what, I want to do this on my own. Now I'm going to brand myself 
and I'm going to leave my job. I don't know what happened, but I, I'm always fascinated by, you know, that transformation there. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I reached about 20 years at, uh, at P&G and I was looking out at my next 10 um, or the, well, like, a lot of people like to talk about the back nine of your <laughs> career. And um, my, and, and I think, you know, what I saw was not what I felt was going to be the most conducive to my growth. And that is my why. So my why is always centered about my needing to, to grow, my needing to experience and explore, my need to feel, uh, build and create something out of nothing. Those are, uh, that, that's my why. That's why I was at P&G and I got a really rewarding career out of that. And as you saw, or as I talked about, like being able to kind of maneuver around and being very supported and being able to do that and explore and try new things. But it, it just wasn't there for me on the back half. And in the meantime, I'd always had that craving to do something on my own. And it just all lined up at the like, right time. I think you know, I firmly believe when you put the, you know, something out to the universe, sometimes the universe responds. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes not how you expect it to. Um, and I left a lot sooner than I anticipated. But it was just uh, the dynamics worked out. And I had at that point in time started to cultivate this new way of brand building, which I call uh, brand love, which I found was the common thread among all successful brands. And the reason why is because 90% of decisions are created are, are, are uh, from emotion or, or, or from the heart. And, uh, but a lot of businesses still cognitively try to reach their consumer and then kind of get frustrated when they can't break through because right now there's just, there's so much noise. I mean, it's, it's an overwhelming, like saturated consumerism. And if you can't figure out how to create those love connections, your brand are not going to rise above the noise. And that was actually the role I created for myself within our fabric care business at PNG was to find ways to cultivate brand love with these brands that have been around for a very, very long time, but needed to maintain relevancy with a whole new generation of consumers. And I, what I found as I started to do that and, and, and build these brand love vehicles, this concept, this thematic, uh, this process translated to other businesses. So at, when I started seeing the success there, I knew I had something that was quite uh, unique in the way that I was approaching it. I mean, brand love and creating brand love is not a unique concept, but a lot of times it feels so esoteric. It feels so big brand. It feels so like overwhelming that a lot of businesses have trouble making that a tangible action plan for themselves. So that was my mission. My mission was to take this big brand thinking, this brand love and, and everything that I learned at P&G and take that to smaller businesses who may not have that talent or that exposure or um, may not have like all the, the know-how to be able to create that for themselves and teach them how to do this so that they have an opportunity to succeed. Yeah, no, that's uh, uh, brilliant, to be honest. And obviously, all the, the links to your book will be on the show notes. But I think you were quite brilliant, again, not to use the same word, but when you say that the, that in the book, you will find insights allowing your brand to uniquely yet authentically connect to the heart, soul, and mind. So really, yes. to me, was you were humanizing something that you know, we know as business, branding. 
you know, you brought, yeah, the human aspect of it. And it's true. It's what we all do. And I mean, this book, if you're listening to this, this is what I got. It's not only if you have a business, it's branding yourself is so important. Um, that, Absolutely. That just to go through the framework that Anne uh, proposes will make you think about yourself and, uh, you know, everything that really that you stand for. And uh, just starting with that simple question, what's your why? It's so powerful when we put it in those words. And for a, for a long time, in my personal experience, I struggled because I work for the family business. And, uh, you know, we have all different sorts of challenges. But when I was doing this exercise, I realized that my why is my family. I cannot imagine my dad is 85. He still works. He goes to the office every day. And uh, the legacy that he has built, you know, in all these 50 some years of work is the strongest why I can have because it brings me joy to imagine myself expanding his mission and expanding his vision, not only the mission, but also the vision that he had when he initially founded the company. So I say, wow, that that is uh, compelling. (laughs) I had never thought about it that way. Because you think, what's your why? Well, you want to do better. You want to grow the business. And you, and, and you really have to bring it down one level closer to your heart. Absolutely. That is so, it's so critical, but it's, it's so often overlooked because it feels so hard because it doesn't feel like uh, something, like I said, tangible that you can talk about or budget for, like, you know, we're going to reduce cost or we're going, or we're going to make this process more efficient. Uh, it really requires uh, going through and doing the, the regimented thinking and really exploring and being honest with yourself about where your brand is and how well your brand is actually uh, connecting with your customer and consumer, which also begs the question that you absolutely have to know who your customer or your consumer is. And you need to know about them in an intimate way that they, like you said, are human. They feel like a person. You can name them. You can describe them. And then you have to really understand, well, what is it for them that is causing them a lot of angst in the context of whatever you're trying to sell? Because there's always something there that isn't quite right, or there's an opportunity that could be like much you know, better that they don't even realize. And then a lot of people will stop there. But what the process, I call it the what if ideation process, takes you to is like, what is the emotion then that they're feeling as a result of that? And that's really where the opportunity lies. That's what can untap so much potential. Because then if you start asking, well, what must be true in order to, to my, for my brand to, to deliver that and make them feel differently about what this tension is, you start creating the, the emotional connection and nobody else can own that. You create that, that is yours to own and nobody else can invade that space, which is then how you differentiate from your competition. And that is the number one goal because a brand must address what, who am I, why am I different? And then why do you, my consumer or customer want me? And that different part is the part that uh, I, I think a lot of uh, businesses gloss over um, and they don't find those, those, the fundamental reason to be that is differentiated from their competition. Well, I, I can now see why you guaranteed to get people thinking and acting differently because you, you really bring a new perspective to, to the whole branding exercise. And, and again, you're linking it to the person itself. So, and what about 
you know, talking about a little bit the moments where things have not that been that clear in your life. Like, you know, we spend hours and this is part of how I initially promoted the the podcast many uh, a year and some ago. Uh, we spend so much time connected and, and doing things and overwhelmed generally. And you sound like you're a busy person. I mean, you I visited your webpage, which I love, by the way. Thank you. And, uh, and you know, you're a busy person. I understand you have four kids. Four, yes. So you, you blended family of four. Yeah. So that that's a lot to tackle. How do you keep your sanity? What how do you keep connected to what you love? You say you were an avid reader. Is that something you do? What what do you do if you have an hour for yourself to reconnect to to your essence? What would you be doing? So it really depends on where I'm at at that point in time. And as I mentioned, I'm very uh, cognizant of being connected in mind, body, and spirit. So it depends on which one is lacking at that point in time. So if I feel like, you know, I'm just kind of feeling kind of blah, I might choose to go get some exercise, whether it's just, you know, walking the dog or, you know, going to the gym for a more intense workout, or maybe um, it's more kind of body, mind, and I need some yoga, which I, yoga at least once or twice a week for me, or some meditation. Or maybe it's just like I feel a little like overwhelmed because I'm I'm actually a, an introvert by my nature. Although I can I can be extroverted, but it takes a lot more energy for me. But I do love it. I do love my workshops and my speaking and all that. But um, sometimes I need then to come back to myself and I just need some quiet time. So that might be me doing a jigsaw puzzle, which I can sit and do a jigsaw puzzle for hours. For hours, my husband cannot understand. He goes, "How can you do that?" I'm like, but it's, if there's something very soothing, it's very like regimented, you're doing pattern like recognition. It just, it's so satisfying for me and it helps me to uh, reconnect. And sometimes I just need to um, be with people. Um, you know, so that's where I kind of like play sometimes the introvert, extrovert on both sides, my family, my friends. And if I'm just feeling like, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I will order uh, Indian from DoorDash, open a bottle of wine and binge watch Say Yes to the Dress. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <Kind of how. laughs> yeah, that would, that would be my, if I know my husband's going to be later, he's going to go out with the guys. I'm like, you know exactly what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I love that. And that's what I'll do. I'll set her over to that. Yeah. Oh, you bring up a good point. Like I love my husband too, but there's some certain pleasure when there's somewhere and you get to do it your way a hundred percent, right? <laughs> Right. And then if they come home too early, you're like, what are you doing home already? <laughs> I can totally relate. It's a, it's like a guilty pleasure. I feel that sometimes on a business trip. I have, oh, yes. my kids are still young, nine and five. So uh, I've been saying lately that uh, working trips these days feel like a mini vacation, believe it or not. <laughs> and it's like, oh, a break for mommy that doesn't have to do lunch boxes and all that fun stuff. <laughs> So oh, yes. Yes. No, that that's great. And you know, I I I'd love to close, you know, the episode uh, and if you want to share uh, you sound like you have things figured out. You seem very connected. I love how you just explained that it's not the same thing that you need every day. I think that's a very valid point and and that you gauge where you're at and what you're lacking at a specific time. I think that dynamic methodology is something I'm taking with me. I think that's that's uh, very smart. 
But so you have a bright future ahead. I would love to hear, you know, what are you envisioning for yourself? What you're expecting to come? And I know it's about the journey, not the destination, but, uh, you know, you have an open mic to, to just tell us more about what you want to achieve, your speaking, anything you want to close with. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's a big question. I know, um, I love what those. I'm really enjoying now is, Yeah, I know. <laughs> what I'm really enjoying now is what has opened up um, after leaving P&G. So as, as much as I love my career at P&G, P&G is a corporate machine. And, you know, the corporate machine runs in a very certain way. And though I've gotten some tremendous experiences, and I, I mean, I, I, I could be more thankful for that. What I'm really loving now is seeing where things take me. I, I kind of equate it to like climbing a tree. Like you climb a tree um, and you, you get up above the tree and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a whole big world out there. And then you see more trees. You're like, I'm going to go climb that tree. And then you're like, oh my gosh, here's another world. And it just keeps opening up. And so I haven't honestly, um, and this is kind of funny because you said this is a very similar thing. I haven't honestly nailed down yet exactly what my pillars are going to be. But I am um, actively um, doing workshops, um, brand love workshops. I also have a, um, a, a fabulous business partner. And the two of us um, are offering on-demand marketing uh, for startups through uh, mid-sized businesses. It's a very underserved, uh, we believe, business industry for marketing and, and real-time marketing so that you can get what you need and get what you need quickly and make an immediate impact to your business um, without getting dragged down by uh, big agency and big agency budgets. I love um, that. So I'm doing a lot of that. that. Yeah, so we're, we're really um, totally excited about helping businesses uh, with all of their marketing needs. And obviously, it's, you know, we use brand love to, to kind of cultivate that and make sure it's really strategically sound. And then um, uh, continue to do speaking. And the, I get a lot of energy from that, too. And podcasting. I love uh, sharing my story and sharing where I've been and talking to, you know, fabulous people like you and um, helping, you know, as many people as I can figure out how they want to transform themselves and their business because you hit the nail right on the head. It's not just about your brand that you sell. It's about the brand of who you are. And they're so intrinsically linked. You have to get it just right. And I'm finding a lot of people are really seeking that out. So I've been helping a lot of people with that. And then also me and my husband are real estate investors. <laughs> so okay. we've been doing a lot of real estate investment. Um, and we're, so we're landlords. We have multiple properties here in the Cincinnati area. And um, yeah, so I'm wow. just kind of still kind of seeking it all out and seeing where I could be of most service and uh, just enjoying every minute of it. That's that's fantastic. Well, you know, I interviewed someone in this podcast called Sackloose, and he has a podcast called Guided, and it's basically about seeing where, where your intuition takes you. And uh, oh, I loved it, you know, when I interviewed him. And then I did a, an episode on where my intuition has taken me. And it sounds to me like you're on that path where, you know, you... you I have a great intuition that, you know, you needed to leave and you have knowledge and the way you present the knowledge on the book is fantastic. It's a very easy read. And I think definitely it's something that anybody would enjoy for, you know, the personal life. And of course, for, for the business, it seems like a home run. So I'm already made a lot of notes and, um, Yeah, I might be, I might be your customer for your on-demand marketing. It sounds a great concept. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan 
And I really wish you the best of luck. It will be, I think, a great journey for you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for allowing me to share. And I love everything that what you're doing. And it's been a pleasure for me to be talking to you today. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. And uh, again, if you've heard to this episode, all the information about the super highway of relevancy from Anne Candido will be on the show notes. Uh, definitely check it out. Thank you so much, Anne. And until the next episode of Back to Basics. Bye-bye. And until the next time. <laughs>